word just for a moment or two and uh, it's going to be uh, a reflection from God's word but a reflection from my own personal experiences and I'm sure that in this it's also a reflection on the experience of many of us in lots of different situations. I want us just for a moment just to go back to that song we've just sung. I just find those words amazing. I just find those words incredible. And I want you to just look at them. I just want you to take them in. Of what God says. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me not against me. I am who you say I am. I wonder what defines you. Is it your circumstances? Is it your past? Is it your situation? Is it your diagnosis? Is it your personal circumstances? Is it even the kind of car that you drive? What actually defines you? Because lots of things define us, don't they? I allowed the failure of the 11 plus to define me for probably 20, 25 years before God set me free from that. For me, there was that big word, failure, written across. And that's what I define myself. But do we define ourselves by the things that are around us or by how God sees us and how God speaks to us? Where's our security? I've been reflecting on a lot just recently and God has taken me on a journey over these last few weeks, which I'll share a little bit with you. But in, in that, there have been various passages of scripture that have, have come home to me very, very real and, and very direct. One of those has been that story in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, where Jesus calms the storm. And lots of things about that story have have hit home. It it began way back in a staff meeting, uh, back in the autumn, uh, which was led by, I think it was Mark, who just opened it up for us. And it's just resonated ever since. You know, that here are the disciples. They're set out on a journey with Jesus. and, And Jesus has said, we're going to the other side. He's made his promise. He said, we're going across the lake. We're going to the other side. He promptly falls asleep because he knows where he's going. He knows what he's doing. And I guess when they set out, the the, the, the lake was still. And he's surrounded by experienced fishermen, seafarers, who know this lake. But as they go out, they, they hit a storm. And that storm is perhaps unexpected and perhaps it's a storm like no other storm has hit them. And you sense something of the fear of the disciples. 
They panic. They panic. And Jesus sleeps. You ever felt like that? You're panicking, but it appears that Jesus is sleeping. But then they wake him. And he says those words, peace, be still. And suddenly the storm ceases. And then he says to the disciples, he says, uh, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? It may seem from our perspective that that's a hard question to ask. Why are you so afraid? Because, you know, we're all afraid of the storms. But you see, the reality was Jesus had told them where they're going. And maybe that storm was just a test of their faith. Were they prepared to hold on? Were they prepared to trust him as his word? Through those storms? What storms have hit you recently? It may be a storm surrounding your house. It may be a storm surrounding your finances. It may be a storm surrounding your job. It may be a storm surrounding your relationships. It may be a storm surrounding bereavement. There are lots of different storms that hit us in life. But at the end of the day, we have the promises of God. And in the storms of life, What do we do? Do we fuel our faith or do we feed our fears? Do we fuel our faith or do we feed our fears? My guess is that most times we feed our fears. We're like those disciples, we panic. God doesn't know what he's doing. Where are you, God? You're asleep. Why don't you do something? Or we panic at the consequences. The boat's going to capsize. I can't swim. And lots of different things go through our minds. And yeah, we're human. And fear is a natural reaction so often. But what do we do? Do we fuel our faith? Or do we feed our fears? Jesus stepped in and he brought peace. Two months ago, I was sitting outside a doctor's waiting room. I just went because I wanted the GP to check something out. And she said, yes, okay. We need to take this a little bit further. I'm going to send you for a scan. So she sent for a scan, which was inconclusive. The guy who said on the scan says, I need to take this a little bit further. I'm going to refer you to another doctor. So I found myself sitting in the waiting room at the haematology unit up in uh, City Hospital. And out of that, there comes the appointment for a CT scan followed by a biopsy, followed by a postponed appointment, followed by a subsequent follow-up appointment. And then, yes, the diagnosis. 
non-Hodgkinson's lymphoma, which actually is quite low-key. Low-level. David, what are you going to do? Are you going to feed your face or fuel your face? Or are you going to feed your fears? David, are you going to stand on the promises of God? Or are you going to squabble around in the fears of the human nature? You have a choice. Isaiah 43 is a passage that I've heard quoted many, many times when people are hit by the storms. It's a passage that begins with a very clear instruction. Verse 1 of Isaiah 43 says, Do not fear. Do not fear. Then it goes on in this vein. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honoured in my sight and because I love you. I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid for I am with you. It's a tremendous passage and I guess most of us in one time or another have turned to it and we've had it quoted at us and we've had it spoken over us. But it's a passage that reminds us of the certainty of life's problems. It doesn't say if or you might go through the waters. It says when. And I think those two descriptions of waters and fire, actually, they sum it up, don't they? Because so often the issues and problems that we have in life can seem overwhelming. They can seem as if they're going to overwhelm us or they feel as if they're going to consume us. And what does water do? It overwhelms us. It overwhelms us. And fire, what does it do? It consumes us. And that's so often the situation, isn't it? We suddenly, we're going along nicely, life is good. Then suddenly, bang. We find we're sitting in the boss's office and he's handing us the P45. We've suddenly opened the letter from the bank telling us that we're overdrawn to a level that we're not that we can, that, uh, more, more, more than we can be or yeah, we're sitting in the doctor's waiting room life can change very quickly in a blink in a moment and so Isaiah there reminds us there and he's speaking to a people who, who knew what it was. They're in exile. They're in exile. Knew what it was to go through the waters, to go through the fire. But there's another part to this reading which gives us the security of God's promises. He says, do not fear. Why? For I have redeemed you, one. I've called you by name, two. 
You are mine. You belong to me. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. God's presence. Four. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, they will not burn you. The flames will not set you (coughs) ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, your Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. He's our rescuer. He rescues us. Since you are precious, honoured and loved. in my, Well, precious and honoured in my sight and loved. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. We have the promises of God. And this is what God says to each and every one of us. This is who you are. You are the redeemed. You are the called. You are the chosen. You belong to me. I am with you. You are precious. You are honoured. Oh, and by the way, I love you. That's what God is saying to each and every one of us this morning. In whatever the situation and whatever the circumstance we find ourselves in. Now take a step back to that boat. What did Jesus say to his disciples when they got into that boat? He said, we're going to the other side. He didn't say it would be easy. He didn't say it it would be calm seas all the time. He didn't say that they wouldn't hit any storms. He didn't say that they wouldn't be buffeted. But he said, we're going to the other side. Don't worry. I know where I'm going. There's a safety. There's a security. And there's a sense in which I think Jesus, when he was woken, that element of saying, Come on. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know that when I say what I say, I mean it? You're going to the other side. And there's a sense in which we're all on a journey. Each and every one of us is on a journey. We've got in the boat with Jesus at some point in our life. We've got in that boat with him and he said, I'll take you to the other side. What is it, the promise, the free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus? I'll take you to the other side. But you see, there's one other thing that Jesus said. In a different place, in John 16, he spoke and he said, in this world you will have troubles. But you see, we like to think the sea is always going to be still. We like to think that the sea is always going to run smoothly. But it doesn't, does it? Because in this world, we have troubles. But don't fear, I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus says in in John 16. Don't fear, I have overcome the world. 
Therefore he's saying, I can do what I say I will. And if I say you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. But none of us can guarantee what the journey will be between up to that point. So when we hit the storms of life, do we fuel our faith or do we feed our fears? Do we focus on the waters that are about to overwhelm or do we focus on the one who has said, I have redeemed you, I have called you, you are mine, I am with you. You are precious and honoured in my sight and I love you. Where do we look? Where do we hold on to? Now I know, yeah, I know what it's like to wake at four o'clock in the morning with all the thoughts crowding in, with all the whatever consequences. But where in those moments do you rest? And all through scripture, I believe Jesus had got it right there in the boat. He just fell asleep. He just fell asleep. Because he knew where he was going. And he knew that this storm wasn't the ultimate destination. Now, none of us here can guarantee our future. But we can all guarantee our destiny with our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what communion is all about. Because it's here at the cross that Jesus Christ ultimately brought us that sense of peace ultimately brought us to that point where, where we can receive those words, peace, be still. And we can know the peace of knowing God as our Heavenly Father. We can know the peace of reconciliation with one another. And we can know the peace in our own hearts. David Whitlock, you are not a failure. Because you are redeemed, you are called, you are chosen, you are loved, you are precious. And I am with you. But that doesn't mean to say that life is always going to be a bed of roses. And anyway, roses have thorns. Roses have thorns. But when the storms hit, when the winds blow, When the waves get rough, what do we do? Do we fuel our faith or feed our fears? And I guess the answer is we do a bit of both. We do a bit of both. But maybe we need to do more of the former than of the latter. And not look in that passage in Isaiah at the waves and the fire. But the fact that we are redeemed. 
We are called. We are chosen. And God is with us. Whether I have chemotherapy, I don't know. All I know is at the moment it's just being monitored. That's for later down the road. Whether God heals me in the here and now, that's in God's hands. But I know, I know for this, for certainty, there will come a day when I am cancer free. There will come a day when I don't wear these glasses. There will come a day when I don't wear these hearing aids. There will come a day when I'm dancing and I'm walking. Because that is our hope. That is our certainty. That is our security. It's not in the storms around us, but in the promises of God. And that is where we stand. Now, I questioned whether I should share personally this morning. I felt it was right because, in a sense, I wanted you to know. Some people in the fellowship knew I was going through tests. Some people have been supporting me. Some people have known the outcome. But there's always that question of people twittering, although I trust the people who know implicitly. But there's a sense in which we're family. We're part of a community. And yet, as we were hearing about working in, in, living in community, we share one another's burdens. We journey with one another on each other's journey. And so, in all honesty and openness, that, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that is what I have. I talked to some friends and they, oh, yeah, my dad had that. He lived for 40 years. You know, and that's the reality. But we all face our storms. And the challenge this morning is, do we fuel our faith or do we feed our fears? Let's pray. (coughs) Father, I just love those words, peace be still. And I thank you that as we come to these moments in our worship this morning, you would speak those words over us, peace, be still. They're words of healing, they're words of reconciliation, they're words of forgiveness, they're words of grace, they're words of wholeness, of body, mind and spirit. And Father, thank you. Thank you that we have the assurance that our lives are in your hands and that nothing and no one can snatch us out of your hand. And thank you for the promise that you are with us. Yes, through the waters and through the fire and the things that overwhelm us, the things that consume us. Father, that you promise that you'll be with us. And Father, we thank you that we come to this table now, to communion, to bread and wine. Remind us to us of the depth of your love for us, of how you have lavished your love upon us in and through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, as we come to sharing communion together, 
we pray that you would minister your peace into our hearts. The peace that comes from knowing that we are forgiven, we are redeemed, we are called by name and we belong to you. And in belonging to you, there is security, both now and for the future. Amen. We're going to be showing communion in a moment or two, those who are going to